Hello and welcome to Rhema Agape Kindros podcast. We are honored to have you join us as we share the word with you today. We believe this word will touch your heart, equip you to do what God has called you to do, encourage you to live out his purpose for you, and give you good food to feed those around you. Enjoy. I took a little bit long last week and for me to, to conclude the subject last week was after my wife was now weak and taking back. We are now taking too long. And getting home I got a tabulation and this morning there's something on, on the main which will actually push me to, to minister quickly because I remember what's on the menu at home. So because of that, I'm not going to keep it on. But on the same note, I just want to proceed or conclude the subject I spoke on last week that we started. We have noted last week about the relationship that God has with man. The relationship God created and how much God was so persistent in his relationship. He wanted to live with men. He wanted so much, and many a time men turned around, but God still went there and wanted to live with men. This is what we have learned last week. And that's because I said to uh, Pastor Jonathan brought the subject that this month is the month of love. Today is Happy Valentine's. By the way, Happy Valentine's. Day. And you look Valentine-ish. Amen. Uh, I don't understand what Valentine's is myself. My wife is fed up with me every year asking, what, what does it mean? Where is it coming from? And, uh, but all I know is the month of February is the month that is dedicated to love. So the reason why God persisted with man in dwelling amongst men was because was motivated by love. So the love is the one that maintains a relationship, any kind of relationship. So I'm not going to focus on one specific relationship of partners, but I want to focus on the relationship of all types of relationship. Now that embodies what God made. Hallelujah. So today I just want to put a little bit. Henry said that a relationship was motivated by love. And then I'm going to look at all different types of love, what does it mean? And also look at the catalyst of that specific love. And having looked at all that, we'll conclude by looking at the agape kind of love. And that brings that will bring our subject for for, for, for this month, my part of the subject for this month, which continues as a month of relationships, and also to, uh, as I heard Pastor Jonathan say. Towards March, when we speak about the relationships. So, the idea is now what I minister to you the subject is thriving in a relationship. Thriving in a relationship. So, when you're having a healthy relationship, you thrive. That means you succeed in everything. So, there's something about what you do if you have a strong relationship, a strong bond with someone somehow that will thrive, thrive somehow. 
So uh, let me allow me then to look at. I will look more, more like a teacher this morning. Today I just want to look at different eight types of love. As you say that love is the motivation for a relationship. So eight types of love. Now this is scientific research. It's not biblical. I don't believe that this is based on my research. Now there's eight different types of love. And now that one type of love is philia. Philia, that is P-H-I-L-A. Amen. It is said that that love is affectionate love. That's affectionate love. Amen. So it is love without romance. It is love that has no romance. It occurs between friends, family, and members. That means if our friendship or co-workers, but we have something in common, then that we will become friends. So now that friendship of ours is is based on filial kind of love. There's no romance in that type of love. It's a friends and family members that compare between both shares the same values. So in that type of love, we will identify with the same values that we share, same things that we like, and then therefore we have that type of life. So now, I want to look at the catalyst for the love. The catalyst of love, it comes in the mind. It basically comes in the mind. Alright. I'm going to be a little bit there before we want to understand a few things. So then we have another type of love, which is uh, pragma, pragma, P-R-A-G-M-G-M-A, pragma. So this is a unique bondage love that measures over many years. It's a love that that, that goes that enjoys over many years, and it's it's an everlasting love between couples. Now, in this type of love, we usually hear about a certain type of in the year that okay, happy Valentine, happy uh, what anniversary. So, so it enjoys, it's, it's got some bit of enjoyment in that type of love and it is pragmatic between couples, people that love. And uh, the catalyst for the love is subconscious. So we need to understand that everything that comes from the mind, the mind has got departments. So there is part of the mind that is subconscious type of love, and therefore that is motivated by by love. Now, pragma motivates that, and then there's also another one that calls stogne. Uh, it's a familiar love. That's familiar love. Uh, uh, S T O R G E. Uh, my my lack of pronunciation is because I'm not that soldier, I'm Spanish, so we, we, we cannot pronounce the same thing at the same. So we need to understand that I will pronounce it differently, you might pronounce differently because it's a different language. Now I'm just giving you a bit of research. Now, now this is a naturally okay love rooted in
respective parents and children, as well as best friends. So now this this that love that a parent gives to a child, a child gives to to their mother. Now it's it's called uh, stockling, storage. It's a storage. So that kind of love, uh, it's infinite, but built upon acceptance and deep emotional connection. So this is that type of love that when someone said no, uh, I noticed that you, you actually stay far away from me. I noticed that this love is a way of noticing few things that happened few years, many years ago. You notice a child behaving differently today, and then you ask them, they say, no, but you remember, you didn't make for me a 21st birthday, but you made for him a 21st birthday. So that, that type of love is within them. So it is not that it's infinite, but it is got also some, uh, it's got also some uh, defaults in it all. Amen. So now the catalyst in that love is, is memories. As I said, now I brought in memories. Now the, the memories of the things, of the events that happens, it keeps that love steady. So if you need to have that love set, you need to maintain that. Okay. Number four, we have Eros. Eros is a primal love that comes as a natural instinct for most people. It's a passionate love displayed through physical affection. This romantic behavior includes, this is a very, it's a romantic type of love. It's love that has, that, that, that will involve maybe uh, in kissings between two people that passionately love each other. It can be a husband and a wife, it can be a girlfriend and a boyfriend, but it has that, amen. But now, the catalyst to maintain that love usually is hormones. But it's very debatable in this one that some people think that, okay, that this can be just affectionate love that has got a, a true love in it. So this love is got a way of ending sometime. Once the affection, once the hormones give in, and there's no more hormones, that love finishes. And then we have Ludus. Ludus L-U-D-U-S. Ludus is a, is a childlike, fleshless love, commonly found in the beginning, storage of a relationship. This is that love that just flats. It is from nothing, there's no fiction on it, but it, it's, it's just flatting. Amen. Uh, the catalyst for the love is also emotions. And then number six, we have many. Many is an obsessive love towards a partner. It's that love that is very obsessive, very possessive. Uh, someone that just wants you to be here. I've said it, I've said it many times, and uh, it, 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 it occurs sometimes in couples that are married. I work with someone, and uh, when we went late, this brother had to ask me every time that, look, brother, can you please phone my wife and explain that I'm waiting late? Because she won't understand. So this is possessive type of love. And I've noticed that that, that that woman, when she wants a husband, she wants. 
And I've noticed at some stage, and coming from someone in the bus, and the bus used to, this guy had a, uh, had a privilege of in the bus dropping off at his gate. But now this specific time, the bus, I think it was a new bus driver, he passed the gate a little bit and dropped him off in the front. And the wife wanted to know why the bus dropped you off there, because you usually drop off here. It, it was very, very possessive type of love. And that love is called media. And the catalyst for the love is survival. And on number seven, we have Philotia, P-H-I-L-A-O-T-I-A. This is what this is now the self-love. Self-love. Those so people that, that, that love themselves so much that you find them usually making those. But, uh, those selfies. And I've noticed when I go sometimes to Facebook, I realize that some people take selfies and say, oh, this is just self-love. So people love them so much. And also, the catalyst for the love is the soul. But then, I, I brought this thing up. Now, this is based on research. It's not the word of God, right? It's scientific research. It's people doing science studying people, studying men, studying the reaction towards certain things. But then they came across a love called, then they said there's a love called agape. When they look at this love agape, they said this love is the highest level. They've noticed that it is the highest level of love. It is given without expectation. I have to read through this one. And receiving anything without return, this love, agape. It's offering agape in a decision to spread love in any circumstances. That means this one comes in any circumstances, including destructive situations. Agape is not a physical act. It's a feeling, but acts of self can lead. Agape seems self-motivationary and it needs no results. It requires no results. Now, the scientists, when they looked at this agape, they could not understand. To them, it sounded something like a supernatural. Something that goes beyond what their research is. Beyond what they study in their mind. So hence they said, now this, the catalyst for this love, is some spirit. There is something out there that we don't see. It's a spirit. That's why they concluded that the adopted kind of love is influenced by the spirit. about this morning. Now love, the way you give out love as much as I said, it has to do with how you look. Like, like the, the self-love. If you see yourself as beautiful, you see yourself as all that, then you'll be able to walk in a certain way because 
of what you have seen yourself. So what you see influences your action. So your eyes send a message to the brain and the brain sends out a reaction how to react because of what you have seen. So seeing, seeing is not always natural. You can see someone in the spiritual. You can see something in a, spirit, in a specific way. We can sit around the table and discuss something. Now, that's where we all see something based on what we are discussing. Because that one see what I'm saying in a different way, that one see it in that way, and therefore that affects the conclusion that might be had in the meeting based on what we see. Now, this is what we call
I used to hear some guys say that uh, I, I, I'm talking to ladies that you know I love you so much that I, I, I can climb the highest mountain or cross the deepest sea for your love. I can I, I can build you. I, I can buy you a what a, a railway and, and bring the railway line into your house. That's how much I love you. Now I, I just have to say that the love, that influence, action. That's what I want to talk about. Now we learn this from here. God Himself. Hallelujah. Amen. So uh, now I want us to look at something in John 15, 26, verse 27. Hallelujah. Jesus. It might seem like what I'm talking about. It's a very difficult something to, to bring forth. Some people cannot get to love. Some people are so conflicted in family issues that they cannot reconcile. I want to help you a little bit on that. Some people are so conflicted with their partners that they cannot reconcile. They've seen it in the divorce court when, 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 when the judge is asking you that, look, about three years ago, you were sitting here and saying, I do, in sickness and in hell, to death, you are part. And the man will say, Is this one? And the woman said, yeah, yeah, you're pointing at me again. Now, now, it, 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 that point where the conflict reaches a point where it cannot reconcile. So it is the emotions in us that sometimes we cannot control. Now, based on the age of the seven kind of love. But then, the Bible says in John chapter 15, 26, but when the helper comes, Jesus. Now, I spoke about that. They said this. But once that person moves away, 
all clashes come together because they don't agree. But in this specific time, Jesus was a common denominator. And I got to say that from different places that Christ picked up all his disciples. There were nationalities and people that were not in good terms. He picked some Africana there, he picked some colored there, he picked some black there, he picked some another nation there. All those people were not in good terms. I want to bring it back to you remember the, the, the time when Jesus went to the river and he needed some water from a Samaritan woman. And the Samaritan woman said, No, 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 no. You and I, our nations, we don't give each other water. So it was done. So Christ went around those people that don't even understand each other and created them to stay together. So for them to stay so long, though in the ministry that Christ had, in the ministry, it is stated that Christ was in the ministry for 30 years. And they were together with Christ for 30 years in the ministry, but still not agreeing. So Christ knew very well that once I removed the true colors among the twelve were going to come out. And hence was John chapter 15, John chapter 17. Christ was trying to say that, listen, I understand that you are not, I mean, you are not in good terms with each other. I understand the nationalities. I understand that I am the common denominator, that you agree because I am present. But when I go, definitely you are going to need help. And that help comes in the spirit. That help, once you have the spirit of God, you have the spirit that is able to do certain things that you are unable to do. Now Christ was actually saying, you need to step out and let the spirit live inside of you. Once the spirit lives inside of you, the spirit will, it's not just saying you will, it says the spirit will do certain things, will do good. The spirit will love, the spirit will do that. Once the spirit is inside of you, you don't have to love anymore. He will love on your behalf. So in the second situation that we fail to maintain our relationship, we need to admit that I need help. And the help will come in the form of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Now, these people, the disciples, the Bible says that they dwell together. Now, they could not understand. They could not understand how, how we are going to make it. How we are going to live. How we are going to, to, to deal with each other. How we are going to maintain. Now, I mean, some of these people could not even cook the meal. And other nations eat of that meal. And made an example of the water. The of the Samaritan woman and Jesus. He said, I cannot even give you water. But they stayed there and they joined the meal together because Christ was amongst them. Hallelujah. Then Jesus went further and said, you need to go to Jerusalem and, and, and wait in the upper room and wait for the coming of the Holy Ghost. The Bible, Christ did not say that you need to go and wait till the day of Pentecost. There is no statement in the Bible that says Christ go and wait for the day of Pentecost. It says go and wait in Jerusalem. But when they waited in Jerusalem, they reached the unity of the Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Now listen to your beloveds. If you want to see a breakthrough in your family, if you want to see a breakthrough in your work relationship, if you want to see a breakthrough in your husband and wife relationship, you need to get a point where you say, Holy Spirit, we need 
that that eventually needed and Pentecost seed. Hallelujah. Now this is what they did to us, going to us, day of Pentecost. Amen. And it is in Acts chapter 2, verse 24. Now all who believed were together and then all and were all in common. Had all things in common. Jesus. Now I'm talking about the same people that I just mentioned, the disciples that had different nationalities, different everything. But now suddenly after Christ left, he says, now all who believed were together and had all things in common. Next verse. Just something to show you what they were doing together. And sold their possession and goods and divided them amongst all as anyone had needs. And they were ready to take off their loads and share it amongst each other as people need. Next sense. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking of breads from house to house, they they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Having reached that point, that oneness of spirit, that's when the Holy Spirit hit the day of Pentecost. You want to see the great move in this house? You want to see a breakthrough, a great breakthrough in our lives, in this church, in your family, in your work? You need to make sure that the unity of the spirit is reached. Hallelujah. Now I want to conclude by referring you to this new chapter, you know very well, in the book of Ruth. I will prepare that scripture, but the Bible says that Naomi had a wife that because of the harbor that was in Judah, they moved away from the place they moved away and went to a, place, to, to a different place in Moab. When they got to the place, the Bible says that they, they dwelt there and that their husband had two sons and the sons had, had children. But in the process of the children being, being, being born dead, the Bible says that the husband died and later on the husband and the, the children died. But when this happened, the Bible says that these two daughters-in-law followed Naomi. They followed him because Naomi had to go back home because she did not see the reason why she had to stay in a foreign land for a long time. But now the Bible says that as they went, Ruth persisted on following. Ruth persisted on saying that, listen, uh, as much as you want me to stay behind, I will not stay behind. Now I will follow you to a point where your people become my people, your nation become your nation. So the love that I have for you goes beyond the cross borderline. It goes beyond everything. Now the relationship that I will develop between myself and you goes beyond that. I want to love you so much that I want to dwell with you. Listen to me now. We need a people and a nation that say, listen, we are so much in a relationship. We are so much in a relationship that is affected by our relationship 
affected. How is it getting affected? It's getting affected by the love that God has for us. If God has for us, He's in us, and the Spirit now creates that agape kind of love, that unconditional love. It is that kind of love that when you hate, when you hate me today and tomorrow I come and say you are okay, I can be able to hug you again. Now this is the love that I want to talk about. It is the love that will make us thrive in this relationship that we are in. And most of all, we have God, we have the Spirit, that is the catalyst that will be able to help us in this time. Jesus. Now, there are, there are certain times in your life, certain times in your life, when you fail in certain things, but God takes over in your life, and you become absent and become present. Once you become absent and the spirit becomes present, there's a scripture in, 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 in Isaiah where it says, Blessed are they whose strength is the Lord. Now, there's different translations. Some translations say, Blessed are they whose strength is in the Lord. But I like the one that says, Blessed are they whose strength is the Lord. That means I don't have strength. But the reason that why I am strong is because He is strong. He lives inside of me and he is strong. And because he is strong, he lives inside of me. He is my strength. There's another song that says, You are my confidence. You, you. This is, I don't find confidence in you. You are the confidence that I find. Amen. So now, there are these certain times in your life when you need to be absent and God become present. Now, when we come to, if you come to that realization, now the reason why, the reason why we, we don't we don't give God an opportunity to rule in our life. It is this pragma kind of love, the self-love. Because we love ourselves so much that we want to take over in our own lives and the rulers and bosses and, and, and let don't let God allow. But now we need to reach a point where you say that I need to be absent and you become present. And once you become present, I cannot laugh, but I want you to laugh on my behalf while you are in. Now, this is the kind of receptive you need to be receptive. You say, Lord, I welcome you in my life to help me do the things that I am unable to do. And one of them is maintain this relationship that I have right now because I have my own emotions. I have my own things. I have the own things, the catalyst that drives my relationship. It is possible when you allow me. I'm going to close by stating something that happened in my life. When God took over in my life. My last one, Tamara, was just a baby. The umbilical cord just fell, and we were all excited, driving home to go show our parents that we had another baby. We were the whole family inside of us. Before going down, I took my car to the service, and I went to pick up my car from the service to go down home. 
And as I took it out from service, and it was at a service, and I tried to, the brakes were not the same. Recognize the brakes, but they were a little bit slippery. As I drank down, but I said anyway, but they just said this things, okay? I drove, but as I drove further home, I realized that the brakes were actually going in. It was getting worse. I thought maybe it's my imagination. When I get into Middlebrook, there's a in town where there's a lot of robots. There were certain places where the robot was closed and I break right in the middle of the road. I see that I'm not in the middle, there's no more breaking. I proceeded in a red robot. So driving now towards Los Cobdam, there's a mountain there, there's a place where the place go right deep and the mountain is going down like this. But my subconsciously I'm used to driving very fast. And I was doing 140 at the time when I took that mountain. And when I realized that now on that mountain, I cannot hold the car anymore. The car was running, it was flying with us. But the only thing is, I only control with the steering. But what happened at the time, I realized the calmness that happened at the time. Nobody panicked in the car. I didn't panic. Nobody shouted. There was at some point in the middle of that mountain as we were going down. The car was on 160, going towards 170. The car was so fast that in the five kilometers of that mountain, when I finished the mountain, the car was still on the same speed for at least another three kilometers to slow itself down. But coming home now, I started to find out no, what happened. We were supposed to go down, we were supposed to finish, we were supposed to perish. The Lord said that there are certain things you cannot do. I can do it on your behalf. You said that calmness that you felt that time when you went down. It is a calmness when I sent my angel, the spirit, to come and take over this hearing. The certain things you cannot do, beloved. But I'm here to announce that in the areas where you fail and cannot do, God can do it on your behalf. All you need to do is to step us. When you step aside and God spoke to me, I think about three weeks later. He said, I took over that time. And I drove the car for you. I controlled it in that mountain. But imagine if I had to do it. I was going to scream. I was going to shout. I was going to call all kinds of I was going to call my father who was going there with the I was going to mention all kinds of all come and see them. Oh, come and help me. But the calmness was because of the presence of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I'm closing on a table right now. I'm in the process of leading this life and maintaining the relationship that you want to maintain. Where do you need God to help you? Seven areas where you can't. I spoke to someone one day, he said to me, he said, Pastor, you know myself, you know me, I cannot forgive. 
is a sister and Joshua was talking and with the eyes open. He says, I cannot forgive. Now there was some anger in me. I said to him, I said, you cannot forgive. But the Spirit of God can forgive. And because he can forgive, just step aside and let him do it. Let's close our eyes. I'm going to pray this morning. In the process of pursuing relationships in this month, there are certain things you cannot do. Yes, I agree. You cannot do it because it is you. There are certain things that I cannot do that because it is me. But John chapter 15 says, I'm sending someone to help you in the areas where you can't. When we have your eyes closed, you can easily think and identify in the areas of your relationship. The areas that you cannot handle yourself. And if you're here to this morning and say, Pastor, that is part of my relationship that I feel I cannot handle. I need help. John chapter, John chapter 15 says that he can. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, it says now, it's casting down the spirit, it's casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Now, this is the spirit of God. It brings and cuts down every imagination. It fights for you, it comes and becomes your fighter. He comes in and fights in the battle that you cannot fight. Today, I need someone that can say, oh, Pastor, I want to surrender my life to certain things that I fail to do. I'm not going to ask you to come in front. I'm not going to ask you to anyone to look at you. But give me a reason for someone to pray for someone this morning. If you say, Pastor, I'm failing in certain areas of my life and I need the Holy Spirit to help me. Just lift up your hands and put it down before I pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Is there someone that said that? Someone else? Just lift it up and put it down. I'm going to pray right now. Jesus. Heavenly Father, your knowledge is beyond our imagination. Your power cannot be measured. And I pray this morning for you to help us in the areas that we fail. We invite the Holy Spirit right now as a helper to create that harmony that we need in the name of Jesus. Rise of Jehovah, Jehovah with us. Let your enemies be scattered. We praise and worship your name. Lord, in you we trust. 
in your healing. Come and help us, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. While our eyes are so closed and our heads are so bowed, I sense that there's many relationships with the Lord that are broken, that are damaged, that are hurt. And right now, wherever you are sitting, wherever you are standing, wherever you are, just, just raise your hands to the Lord this morning. Nobody's looking at you, nobody is judging you. But maybe your relationship with the Lord is battered and bruised and The Holy Spirit wants to help you restore that relationship as well. Since it's the most important one. And your hand is up right now, we want to pray with you. Father God, I thank you that you draw your children back closer to you, Jesus. That in whatever it takes, you draw them closer to you. Whatever you need to do, Lord, you do it within their lives, Father God, that they may be drawn closer to you. I thank you so much for your blessing upon their lives, Lord. I thank you that you are with them, that you are guiding them. I thank you that you are protecting them, Father. And most of all, that you are pouring out your love on them right now, in Jesus' name. Oh Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you love them so much that you died on the cross for them, Lord. That's the kind of a God and love that you share with them. In Jesus' name. And Father, as we go into this week, Lord, may your presence go before us, Father. May your spirit stay with us throughout this week, wherever we may go, whatever we may say. Every thought may be guided by you. May your blessing go before us and behind us and all around us. In Jesus' name. And the church says, Amen, Amen. Let me have a blessed week this week. I really want you to begin to work on making those relationships with the help of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do for you. And, and, and this is what the Lord has laid on our hearts to share with you. There are many relationships in your life that need making now. And, and what you can't do, the Holy Spirit can. When you can't forgive, the Holy Spirit can help. So this week I really want you to focus on those things. Please allow the Holy Spirit to work through you. To help you mend those relationships even if you don't want to. The Lord wants it mended in Jesus' name. Family, have a blessed week this week. Have a powerful week knowing the Lord, experiencing His love and His presence. Greet somebody that you didn't see here today. I ask that you uh, say hello to them. Uh, remind them that there is church next week and that they can join us. And uh, the third wave is not here yet, so we must catch in as much church as we can get now before that is. But have a blessed week, family. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes.